Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. (laughs) I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. Hey, I'm Shauna Compton-Game. This is Millennial Money. And today we're talking, don't let student loans bite you in the butt.
Millennial Money with Shauna Compton-Gaines. It will expand your brain. So student loan debt, right? This is a um, conversation topic that not many of us like to talk about. The current American average for student loan debt right now in 2016 is $1.3 trillion. That's a lot of money, right? And no matter how much student loan you might have, it feels like a lot. Whether you've got $10,000 or $20,000 or $100,000 or $200,000, whatever it is, it's a lot of money. And it certainly is a burden for many of us to the goals that we want to achieve, whether you want to I don't know, change your life and, and start a new career or whether you want to buy a house or a car or start your family or get married or go on your honeymoon or whatever it may be, like we could use that money. <laughs> we could use that money every month instead of paying off our student loans. And I know a lot of you have emailed me uh, questions about student loans. There are so many questions that you have. I think the one I get asked the most is, you know, was it really worth it? Was it worth it for me to go get my college degree and have the student loan debt? And, you know, I know that it may not feel like it when you're saddled with a ton of debt and and struggling. And even if you're not struggling, it's like, God, I can make that $400 or $500 or $800 or whatever the payment is a month. Like it leaves a real sour spot in your mouth, but it was worth it. It was totally worth it. And it is going to help you with your career. It's going to help you with your life. That I promise you. Um, it's not a magic solution. Um, it's not instantly going to get you, you know, a $500,000 income. But it is definitely something that we need. In fact, most of us actually need master's degrees or advanced degrees in our career. And that costs even more money. I am actually still paying off my master's degree, which costs a lot of money. And my goal in the next couple of years is to actually have that completely paid off. So I was super excited to do this podcast because this is a question I get asked a lot about the potential tax consequences for having your student loan forgiven, right? We are all so happy that um, we might be able to have our student loan forgiven that we forget there may actually be a negative impact to having that loan forgiven. So I went straight to the source. Um, my friend, Andy, who is the CEO and founder of Student Loan Hero, and um, we sat down and chatted about student loans, student loan forgiveness, and what you need to know. All right, Andy, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. I know you have a ton of expertise when it comes to talking student loans, so I'm so fortunate to, to have you join us today. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. So obviously your, your company, Student Loan Hero, it is built around student loans. And one of the biggest topics I know I always get asked about is student loan forgiveness. I mean, with the student loan debt, there is nothing more attractive than just having your loans, you know, wiped away. Um, exactly. Right, exactly. So maybe just to kind of set the stage, tell me a little bit about student loan forgiveness. You know, what do people need to know about this? Yeah, so there's there's really two um, different versions of it. So there's public service loan forgiveness, which is typically a ten year forgiveness plan. Um, keep in mind, both both of these things I'm about to talk about are both federal programs. Uh, the, a lot of the forgiveness options do not exist for private student loans. So um, the first one is public service loan forgiveness. It's that ten year forgiveness plan, 
And uh, most folks that work in a nonprofit environment or they work for, for a state or uh, local entity uh, that's, that's uh, a government entity uh, will likely be eligible. This includes uh, policemen, uh, firefighters, uh, a lot of nurses that work at nonprofit hospitals. Um, and then the, the other forgiveness plan is um, if you enroll in an income-driven repayment plan, such as income-based repayment or pay-as-you-earn, uh, depending on, on the loans that you have and when you took out those loans, uh, they usually come with a 20-year or 25-year uh, forgiveness clause. Okay. And so to be on one of those, those income-based plans, you need to kind of set that up from the get-go, right? Um, so in order to apply for an, for an income-based plan, it's, it's pretty simple. You just need to call your, your loan servicer up. They're going to ask you a few questions. They might uh, require you to fill out a form, a, P- a PDF form. You could also, um, go to the, to the, um, uh, I'm drawing a blank on, on the actual URL. I think it's studentaid.gov, uh, and, and go through a direct consolidation, a federal direct consolidation, and then apply for, for a lot of the income-driven plans through that process as well. Um, but yeah, that, that's really the first the first step for a lot of borrowers is oftentimes in order to qualify for, for student loan forgiveness or even many of the income-driven repayment plans, you need to cons- uh, change the, the, the type of loan into a direct loan to increase your eligibility. And a lot of people don't know that. So um, the, the first step, if you're interested in, in public service loan forgiveness or, or student loan forgiveness, or even many of these income-driven repayment plans is to uh, figure out what type of loans you have first uh, and see if you're eligible for those things. And if not, you might have to go through a federal direct loan consolidation to, to start. But this is all something that, um, you know, you can call your student loan servicer, um, servicing company, you know, whatever it may be, and, and certainly, you know, kind of walk through the steps with them, correct? Yeah, or you know, maybe this is time for for the shameless plug. Uh, you can always go to <laughs> studentloanhero.com, and we write a lot of great information on our blog. And then we actually just built a um, consolidation tool that will allow you to consolidate your student loans with the federal government for free. Um, and, and along with that, you'll be able to enroll in a lot of these income-driven repayment programs. And um, what what the consolidation does is it just modifies a lot of the student loans to become direct loans, which increases your eligibility for these programs. Okay, awesome. So they can do it kind of all through your site without kind of the uh, the jargon maybe of of their loan servicer. Exactly. Very nice. So we talk about the topic of loan forgiveness again. Um, you know, I wish that I could have gotten my student loans forgiven. Um, tell me, too. me, I know, right? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. this is not fair. <laughs> um, but tell me, you know, I mean, tell me about the process actually of forgiving. And then tell me also about, you know, um, how this could be taxable, because I know this is something that most people have no clue about. Yeah. So, so just to preface it, I haven't actually been through the process and, um, we get a lot of comments, uh, from people who are actually going through the process and they'll call up fed loan servicing or whoever their servicer is. And they'll just say, Hey, you know, they're giving me a really hard time because, you know, at, at this certain time I can't verify my employment or, you know, five years ago or, um, 
they'll say, well, it looks like nine of your loans are direct loans and then the other one doesn't qualify. So there's a lot of edge cases here to mm. be mindful of. Um, but, but the basic uh, mechanics of, of how public service loan forgiveness works is if you're working in a nonprofit or a government uh, type of, of employment situation, um, assuming that you're making on-time payments, if you, if you do that for 10 years, 120 on-time payments, um, any amount that you have left at the end of the, that 120 payment uh, period would then be uh, eligible for, for public service loan forgiveness. And um, the, the good thing about public service loan forgiveness is you're not going to be taxed on it. So it's not, it's not an income tax. Um, whatever you have left, if you had $100,000 and over 10 years you paid off 60000 of it and now you have 40000 left, um, that would that would just be wiped out, and, and you wouldn't have to pay taxes. The the downfall of of the um, other student loan forgiveness option, the, the twenty year and the twenty five year, is that is going to be viewed as earned income from from the IRS perspective. So um, that you're you're going to have to pay income tax on, unfortunately. Right. So you could potentially get to the end of your your forgiveness period. And, you know, let's say you have $20,000 wiped away, that $20,000 is actually stacked on top of your income for that year. Exactly. And then, you know, you, that could essentially bump you in another tax bracket, um, you know, lots of things that maybe you wouldn't be prepared for. Yeah. And the scary thing about it is if people are planning on pursuing a 20-year forgiveness plan or 25-year forgiveness plan, the the challenge is the interest is just accumulating, right? It's sure. your, your loan is, is almost exponentially growing um, because of compounding interest. And you have to really take into consideration what, what your tax bill is going to be. And I don't think a lot of borrowers are, are really considering that. Um, we, we, we get a lot of comments from people that are trying to almost game the system. And they say they have this brilliant idea where they're going to take advantage of the 20 year or 25 year forgiveness. And I'm, I'm kind of a natural skeptic. So, uh, <laughs> I, I personally wouldn't want to play that game. I mean, I, I understand that, um, a lot of student loan borrowers are just in a really tough, tough place. And, um, their, their student loan debt is just astronomical. And, you know, given their income, it's just not realistic for them to, to pay it off over a 20 year horizon. Um, but if possible, you know, my, my preferred route, uh, and advice that we, we often give to a lot of borrowers is, you know, treat your debt, like your house is on fire and get rid of it immediately. Um, and there's, there's a few ways to do it. You have to be smart with your money. Obviously, um, there's ways that you could increase your income and increase your household income. Um, and, and really, I, I, I don't like when, when people tell me that they're, they're pursuing a 20-year forgiveness option or a 25-year forgiveness option because I, I think it kind of puts pause on your life a little bit and it, it, because then you have to start thinking, well, well I don't want to make too much money this year because then my, my monthly payments are going to go up. And I think it, it kind of defeats um, – a lot of the growth mentality a, a young person should have when it comes to their career and, and what their income expectations should be over their, their lifetime. Um, and it could also put a lot of big ticket um, purchases on hold, like buying a house or being able to buy a car because your debt to income ratio is, it, it doesn't look good on paper. And um, one thing that we haven't really seen um, is what happens to these borrowers that are are pursuing a 20 or 25 year plan. And if I'm a mortgage underwriter and I see that your student loan is only increasing and you're not, you know, you're not even paying down the principal year over year. 
uh, that that's not a good look um, when you're trying to make make big ticket purchases. Right, and probably stuff that you're not you're not thinking you're not thinking all of, all of that through. You know, when you're um, you know signing up for the loan forgiveness program, you're you know that that whole kind of trajectory of what could happen. Exactly. And I think it's really interesting too. It's like, you know, if you're on the 10 year payoff plan with student loan forgiveness, you know, you could potentially get to the end of the 10 years and almost have your loan paid off, if not paid off. So the loan forgiveness becomes almost a bit irrelevant. Or if you're on the 20 or 25 year, you know, then you're looking at these tax consequences. So there almost really isn't a win win. Yeah. And, and if you're, if you're really trying to take advantage of, of public service loan forgiveness, the best way to do that is often enrolling in an income driven repayment plan and trying to lower your monthly payments as much as possible. Um, because that's going to give you the biggest, um, uh, forgiveness amount at the, at the end of your, your 10 year cycle. Uh, I mean, if you're on your standard standard repayment plan, that is a 10 year, uh, repayment plan. So theoretically you would be paid off and, and your forgiveness would be zero. So, um, yeah, that's just something to keep in mind, either, either switch to a graduated repayment plan or extended repayment plan. But if you're trying to get the, the, the best bang for your buck, um, you should consider income driven repayment or, um, pay as you earn, um, would, would probably be the best, best option. And what about some strategies when you get to the end of the student loan forgiveness and let's say you have, you're facing this big tax bill and you, you simply can't pay it. I know you guys talk about insolvency. What does that mean? Yeah, to be honest, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I didn't write that article. Um, so I'm not, I'm not too familiar in, in that regard. Um, so yeah, when it, when it comes to, um, paying off your tax bill. I, I know that you, sometimes you're able to go to the IRS and say, Hey, let's work out a payment plan. Um, you know, I don't, I don't like to encourage this, but potentially you could take out a, a personal loan in order to pay your tax bill. But, um, I, I think your, your interest rate on, on your tax bill will be a lot lower than any type of consumer debt that you could get. So, um, and a lot of those like tax, tax lien companies and tax loan companies, they're, they're pretty much loan sharks right. at the end of the day. So, uh, I would, I would definitely shy away from that as much as possible. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, for, for student loans, besides the income, uh, you know, payment plans, are there any other ways that students can really save money on student loans or is that kind of the best strategy? Well, um, given the amount of people that are in a, a public service loan forgiveness em- employment situation, um, a lot of people are just naturally not going to be eligible, um, so for all the folks that aren't working in a government entity or at a nonprofit hospital or in a church or religious organization, something like that, um, the, the, the two best strategies, in my opinion, one would be refinancing. Um, if you have high interest student loans, say you went to grad school, you have a 7% or 8% student loan, or even if you're a parent who's uh, paying off student loans for your son or daughter, uh, typically you have a seven or eight or even 9% interest rate on those. Um, a lot of students that, that have private student loans, uh, typically they're nine, 10, 10, 11%. And right now you can refinance, um, as low as two, 2.13, I think 2.15, uh, on a variable. And then, um, fixed starts in the fours four four 4%. So you could get considerable amount of savings by refinancing, um, 
you know, the challenge with refinancing is uh, a lot of student loan borrowers are debt to income ratios really high. So um, I think that's kind of um, hold, holding people back there. And also credit scores, um, usually the credit score requirements around 680. Um, what we see is, is low 700s is, is often a lot more favorable from, from refinancing lenders out there. Um, and and the the average savings number attached to refinancing that we often see with with many of our partners is somewhere between fourteen thousand and twenty thousand dollars over wow. the lifetime. So um, you know that's that's considerable savings. And then my favorite tip is just prepaying your student loans, and that's that's really what I did um, with with my student loans. So in case anybody's wondering about my personal situation, I was up to about one hundred and seven thousand dollars in student loan debt. Um, I finally finished repaying them this, this past August, which was super awesome and, and exciting. All right. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty great. And, um, I use refinancing. Um, I, I pretty much did, did everything. I, I was in income based repayment for, for a long time and I was in deferment for a long time. I actually defaulted on two of my loans out of 16 that I, I lost track of. Um, so I, I kind of went through the whole gamut of, of student loan, um, situations out there. And ultimately I, I refinanced, um, after I fixed my credit score and increased my income. And then, um, I, I started prepaying my student loans, um, and, you know, prepaying your debt and, and just getting out of debt as fast as possible. It's really rewarding. And, uh, you know, now I'm starting to look toward the next chapter of my life with buying a house or like, I don't even own a car right now. So I'm, I'm thinking <laughs> about buying a car and it's just, uh, I actually opened a 401k and I'm, I'm starting to invest now. So it's, it's a really exciting time when, when you're able to pay off your student loans. Yeah. When, when cash starts growing for you rather than, you know, exactly. going away from you. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, tell me what else on student loan hero, you know, can people go on there for refinancing options? Are there calculators? You know, what else can they find on there? Yeah, we have a lot of great calculators. Um, pretty much every single scenario that you can think of is covered there. There's a deferment calculator, refinancing calculator, prepayment calculator, income-based repayment calculator. Uh, there's a public service loan forgiveness calculator. Um, literally everything um, that you, you could possibly want to run a scenario on. Um, and then we also have our loan dashboard that allows you to pull in both your federal and private loans. You can track all your, your student loans in one place. Um, we just created a repayment plan builder, which allows you to build a student loan um, repayment plan uh, based on uh, where you work and, and what, what kind of options you're interested in. We take people through eligibility quizzes to see if they'd be eligible or not. So, um, yeah, there's a whole whole bunch of stuff that could that could help a lot of different types of student loan borrowers or different wherever you're at in the in the life cycle. So you can just uh, check it out at studentloanhero.com, and, and like I said, everything's free. Yeah, I love that because I think that it, you know, especially when we're talking with student loans, there's there's so much information out there. There's so many websites, you know, and it, it's really hard to de decipher some of the time, you know, uh, who's telling you the good information, not good information. And, you know, I've even had a ton of questions, you know, should I trust refinancing companies? You know, I think there's just, there's just a general kind of skepticism out there when it comes to student loans. Yeah, I think it's, um, 
a few things, you know, a lot of, a lot of these student loan servicers will shuffle you back and forth to different companies. And it's really frustrating to, to, you, you don't understand why you're, you're being shuffled around. And then you call up these, these companies to talk to somebody and they really don't care about your situation. And often the information's wrong. So really that's why we got started. I, I was in this really terrible situation, with my student loans and nobody was really helping me. And I wasn't happy with the level of advice I was receiving. So that's what, what we're here for is just to answer all those questions as, um, as correct as possible. And then, um, uh, without, without any bias and, and also realizing that it's not a one size fits all solution. There's many different scenarios based on, based on your income and your career and your age and all that stuff. Awesome. And, uh, kind of last question. So how long have you been running student loan hero and what are, um, you know, like some of the trials that you've, that you've had running your own business? Yeah. Uh, so we started in 2012. Uh, we were lucky enough to get accepted into a business incubator in Chile. So we moved down to Santiago, Chile, and uh, they gave us $40,000 to get the business off the ground. And it was equity free. And that was a really cool experience just living down there. Um, and then we, we moved uh, the company to New York after that experience and, and raised another small seed round. We got like $25,000 for 7%. And then um, ever since then, we've been been bootstrapping. So we're kind of, um, you know, taking our own, our own medicine and our own advice and we're building a very financially conservative company and, um, it's, it's really healthy and we're growing. We're at 25 employees today. Um, and hopefully be at 30 or 35 by the end of the year. So, um, yeah, it's just been tough. You know, it's bootstrapping a company is, is a lot of work. I'm, I'm actually happy we haven't had to go out and raise money. Um, but you know, my advice for anybody trying to start a company is is just stay agile and um, try to try to learn from from the data as quickly as possible. There's there's a lot of mistakes we made along the way, but if we weren't paying attention to the data and analyzing what we're doing right and what we're doing wrong, we wouldn't really have that roadmap moving forward. And um, you know, the, the other thing is uh, we're really a, a marketing first company, so we we take a lot of pride in, in how we market uh, products to our customers and. Um, how we educate our customers. I mean, all of our marketing is through education primarily. And um, I think a lot of startups, it's kind of like the, the common startup fallacy or any business fallacy is, is you spend all this time building your product or investing in things that aren't going to generate revenue. And so a lot of our team is really focused on revenue generating activities. And um, I think a lot of businesses need to keep that in mind as, you know, marketing first over, over product. And cause you could always improve the product, but if you, even if you have the best product in the world, but you don't have any customers, you're going to have a really hard time making the business work. So there you have it. Lots of good information about student loans, about what you need to know about loan forgiveness. And I think the most important thing that I really want you to take away is to be knowledgeable about the loans you have, be knowledgeable about your payback options, about your payoff forgiven options, be knowledgeable about your tax consequences, because it's your money, right? It's your money. You work hard for your money and you should be knowledgeable about your money. All right. So hopefully we're going to do a lot more podcasts with Andy and talk a lot more student loans. As always, follow me on Twitter at Shauna Game, Instagram at millennial underscore money, and head over to iTunes. If you like this podcast, go ahead and leave me a review. I greatly appreciate it. 